on on Friday, Good Friday, God died. I'm stuck on this Easter thing, you know. Not stuck on it. Pentecost. We discovered what Pentecost meant. Pentecost means fifty, right? Right. It's Forty-nine days from the from the Passover to the Festival of Weeks when Jesus, when the disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost. God just provided for those everything, though. Everything they would ever need. Provided for us. Provided for his disciples. Everything they, that we would ever need. I want to talk about the other part of the resurrection, though. The power of the resurrection. The power that came from the resurrection. Yes. You see, we all talk about... We, we, we got all the way up to the Holy Ghost last week. You might be thinking, I'm going to talk about the Holy Ghost this week. Not yet. I got another little message that goes along with this. Not, no, not a little message. It's a huge thing. But, and there's a lot of scripture today because I'm teaching on this today. You've all heard the, the, the part about, you know, Jesus died and he was resurrected for our sins and all that. But I want to talk about what happened during that three days. What Jesus did during that three days. Where he was at and what he did. Amen. And what he did when he left this earth for you and for me. Amen. We need to fully understand this before we get into that Holy Ghost part. Because, you see, there was a time when the disciples, they fell back to their old ways. They went out in the, in the sea and they were out there fishing. Peter said, I'm going fishing. They were trying to figure out what they were going to do. And Peter said, I'm going fishing. And the rest of them, Peter was kind of the leader. The rest of them said, okay, we'll go too. Let's go out there and go fishing today. They went out there and went fishing. They, they toiled all night, the Bible said. And they didn't catch anything. Didn't do any good at all when they tried to do it their own way. Didn't do it one bit of good. But when Jesus came out there, they noticed he was on the bank. He said, hey, cast your net on the other side of the boat, on the right side of the boat. And when they did what Jesus did, they pulled it in. Well, they couldn't pull it in. They had to row the boat back to the, to the beach to pull the nets up on there and get the fish. Jesus was already cut up there cooking breakfast, though, for them. He had bread already ready, and he had fish already cooked. Amen. What do you think that talk over breakfast was like? <laughs> you think he was informing on what he'd been, where he'd been, and what he'd been through, and what he did for them? And what he did for you? Amen. You see, if we don't understand what's ours, we'll never claim it. Amen. If, I gave you, if, your, if your grandparents died and they left you, they willed you a house in Montana, but you didn't know it was yours, you would never lay claim to it. It would sit there and waste away. Yeah. Right? We need to know what belongs to us today. And then we need, to na we need to take steps to claim those things. Every promise in this book right here belongs to us Amen. today. It already Amen. belongs to you. Jesus already paid for it when he died on the cross. When he took that beating. When he went down to where he went to. We're going to cover here in a minute. When he did what he did, it's already paid for. Bought and paid for. And it's yours. All you have to do is say it's mine. And claim it. And pick it up. And use it. Use that thing. Um, so we're going to talk about the power of the resurrection today. My first scripture is John 19, 38. Joseph and Ananias, Joseph of Ananias, they're talking about here, I can't pronounce that. Armathia. What's that? Armathia. Armathia. There we go. I won't remember that next time. <laughs> and after this, Joseph of Armathia being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews. See, he was scared because the disciples... But not the disciples. He was afraid because the religious leaders. He was a religious leader. But he did believe on Jesus. But he was afraid of them. He goes on to say, Besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. And came therefore and took the body of Jesus. He took the body of Jesus away to his tomb. Now we have, you have to know what a tomb was in that day. He took the body away and prepared it. Sort of embalmed it. Got it ready to be buried. And that day they would make graves out of whatever kind of makeshift things they had. But Joseph of Arimathea, he was a rich man. Amen. So his tomb was carved out of a stone. Right. Picture this on the side of a cliff. 
all stone carved out in there. Now I would imagine it wouldn't have a small hole in, hole in it. They had to be able to walk in there, men on each side of a body, and pack it in there, right? Think about how big a casket is with the men walking on the sides of that. Think about how big this hole must have been in this rock. It was solid rock around here, right? I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going to prove a point to you today. So Joseph of Arimathea took the body to prepare it on, that, on Friday. Got the body from Pilate, took it down from the cross, and it says that Mary and the rest of them went there with their, with their um, oils. oils and their anointing. Their, their what's that? They went there with all that stuff and they prepared the body. I'm going, I'm just telling you this to tell you, they took the body to prepare it. Because some people say Jesus didn't really die. Jesus wasn't in that tomb. There's a story that says that the guards, you know, they came and stole them in the middle of the night. But I'm going to, I'm going to debunk this for you today. Let's go on to the next scripture, babe. Matthew 19, or Matthew 27, 62 through 66 says, now the next day, we're talking about Saturday now, right? It's a Saturday. The next day. That followed the day of the preparation. So they were all there. They prepared him. Everyone saw that Jesus was laid out dead. Everyone saw it. The day of the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said. We remember what the deceiver said. They're calling Jesus a deceiver now. Calling him a liar. Same as a thief, right? Remember what the deceiver said. While he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. So they're worried that they're worried that the, the, the <coughs> disciples are going to come steal the body away and put on this big hoax and say that he rose again. They're saying that, you get what I'm saying here. They're saying he was a deceiver and a crook. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher, they're talking about the tomb here, be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. And say unto the people, he is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, you have an army. So he says, Go your way, make it sure as ye can. So go and secure this tomb as secure as you can make it. You have you have guards, you have an army there. It's a it's a, a hole carved out in stone. So what it says they did, so they went and made the scepter sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. And what do you think that meant they sealed that stone? think they just pushed it. You think about how big this hole was. This hole had to be big enough for men to walk in there packing a body. This is a big hole. You know, six feet tall and probably at least three feet wide or something. Right. Think about the size of the stone that it would take to cover that hole up. They sealed it. I always thought it meant they just rolled it over in front of there. But in that day, they would take like something like melted wax and the king or someone would have a ring. Right? Are you following me? And they would put a seal, a seal on there. And I read some reports that said scholars think they would have tied a string or something around the stone and put a seal on the other side of it. Because they're not going to pick this stone straight up either. They didn't have a crane, obviously, right? We're talking about, in Jesus' time, they didn't have gas-powered equipment or, or diesel-powered equipment. So someone would have to roll the stone away. This is not a stone that even one man could roll away, right? This is a big stone. It took, it took several people. So... <clears throat> Where are you at? You're out of my scripture, baby. <laughs> so they, they took it over there, they sealed this stone. Do you think they made sure Jesus was in there when they put the seal on the rock? Naturally. Yes. They knew he was in there. The religious leaders, the ones who caused this and said that Jesus wasn't there, they're the ones that put the seal on the stone. They're the ones that put the seal on the stone, so they knew he was in there. So now, who all knows he's in there? Joseph knows he's in there. The disciples have seen him in there, I'm sure. Mary saw him in there. Right? And the religious leaders have saw him in there, and they sealed the hole up. They sealed this thing up here. <clears throat> okay? 
So my next scripture is Ephesians 4, 8, and 9. I'm sorry, honey. <clears throat> Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, what happened during, during that time? See, we're on Saturday, they sealed the stone up, right? What Jesus during between Saturday and Sunday? What did he do there? Where, or he may have left on Friday. I don't know this. He probably, yeah. It says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Captivity captive means he led a multitude of captives up into freedom. He left a multitude of captives up into heaven. Amen. With Are you getting this? Yeah, Go ahead, baby. Amen. Now that he ascended, what is but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Are you getting this? Right. Jesus, when he died and he was yet in his tomb, he went to hell. Amen. He went down into the bowels of hell Amen. and told them who he was. Right. He whipped Satan. Yes, he did. Soundly. He defeated Satan. Satan is defeated today. Yes, he, is. he didn't do this. You know, I heard, I heard a, 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 one preacher preach the other day about this, and he was talking about that old Carmen song, how it was a fight to the end, and then we went ten rounds. It wasn't like that at all. Jesus went down there and laid him out soundly. He took the keys back to death, hell, and the grave. Gra the grave couldn't hold Jesus anymore. Amen. Death couldn't hold Jesus Amen. down. Yes. He went down there and took this away from him, and he made a public display, the Bible says. He made a public display. He didn't go down there and say, all right, you can give me these keys in private. Yeah. It wasn't like that. He did it right out in front of all the demons, all the people who were down there. Y'all feel the Holy Ghost of this? Yeah. Yeah. He did it in front of everyone. He made a public display of it. You see, when they would when they would defeat a king in the Old Testament, they didn't just beat him and, and let it go at that. They would lead him through the streets naked. They would strip him of everything. The devil was stripped of everything. The demons were stripped of everything. I'm not talking about clothing. I'm talking about any kind of weapons to ever come back and try to do anything. They're defeated, completely and totally defeated, annihilated. Do you get that? Yeah. Yes. And a lot of times you think the devil is some big bad thing. He's some big bad man that's going to come around and take things from me and do this or do that. But he's completely and totally defeated. Amen. And you have the authority over him. And I'm going to show you that today. In the scripture. Amen. In the scripture I'm going to show you this. There was a certain rich man. That this is going on to talk about what happened in hell when Jesus was there. I'm, I'm, I'm showing you this part to show you how hell worked. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen. This is back on earth again. And fared sumptuously every day. <clears throat> and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. That paints a pretty picture for you, doesn't it? How Lazarus lived. It doesn't say Lazarus was really a terrible guy. But he just had things in front of God, right? right? Like we are a lot of times. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried from the carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. You get that? Yes. When you die, someone's coming to get you. That's right. Whether it's an angel or whether it's a demon, someone's coming to get you Amen. and leading you to where you belong. You know, people say, you know, God is such a good God. He loves everyone so much. I just don't think he would put me in hell because I'm a pretty good person. And I have to say, you know, that I don't believe there's anybody in hell that doesn't deserve to be there. God's also a just God. And you have a decision to make. You can make the decision today to turn and profess he's the living God. Or you can do it on the great white throne judgment day. That's totally up to you. But either an angel or a demon's coming to get you. It says right here in the word. If you believe in the Bible. If you, don't, you don't have to believe me. That's why I brought the scripture today. You don't have to believe me. Here it is in the Bible right here. And the angels take, carried by... Or, 
and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, you notice there are two different places. Abraham's bosom and the rich man is in hell. Amen. He lift up his eyes being in torment. Doesn't say party there, does it? Doesn't say party anywhere. It says torment. And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in torment in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things. And likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art in torment. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great goal fixed. You see, there was something there separating where they couldn't get to each other. Amen. Some of them were in hell, and some of them were in what they would call paradise. Remember what Jesus said? Now, hell's not like this anymore, and I'm going to show you this also. Remember what Jesus said to the man on his right? Yes. Right being symbolic of the great white throne judgment. He was on the right side. The man who was on the left side was going to be a terrible day for him. Amen. You following this? Yeah. He said, today... You will be with me in paradise. He was talking about in the, in, inside the earth, he was going to be with him in paradise. It was separated at this time. There's a great gulf fixed there, so they can't get to you. I can't get to you, and you can't get to me, but they can see each other. Apparently, they can talk back and forth to each other. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. You, you, you know why there was a difference there in that day? This is more of a class today than preaching, because... We need to know these things, and we need to know why this was. Because today, we're under a different covenant. We're going to get into this in a little bit. You have the blood of Jesus Christ. We can come to the throne room of God because we come through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only way to get there. Not by being a good person or not by having good deeds or, or trying to live righteously or being better than other people. It's not by that, but only by the, through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can get there. These people did not have that. Once, when, when, once Adam sinned, that sin went all the way to heaven. It created a gap between the people and between God and his spirit. Now they, they and I'm going to prove this here to you in scripture in just a minute. They gave sacrifice of blood of animals and things, but it never completely did away with the sin. Nothing was ever good enough, ever good enough. They deserve to die. We deserve to die. It's only through the blood of Jesus that we don't have to suffer that death. It's only through that. So the people who were pretty good people at that time on earth, and they did, they, they sacrificed the animals, and they did what they were supposed to do, they were in paradise. Amen. Are you following me? Amen. The people who were in hell and in torment were the ones who turned away from God. It never says Lazarus was a terrible guy or anything there, does it? doesn't say he was a bad guy or he was a mean guy. It just says he wasn't right. He had things between him and God. He had money between him and God. He couldn't give, he couldn't feed this poor man on the road because that money was more important to him than anything. Right? The rich man was. So he, he, he ended up in torment in hell. So hell had two different compartments, if you will, on that day. Amen. That's how I see it here. I don't see any way you can see it. That's what the word says. I'm not making this stuff up. Then he said, said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him, send him to my father's house. <laughs> Talking about Lazarus here now. For I have five brethren that ye may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. So he's saying, go tell my family so they don't come here. You see, I've heard, I've heard hell is going to be like a party there. It's going to be a good time. It's not what this man is saying. It's not what the Bible says. 
Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Let you hear me today. I'm sent here from God. Let you hear me today. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. They will turn away. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses, I already read that part. Are you getting this so far? So there was a great gulf fixed. Now in Isaiah 5.14, it says hell was enlarged. She already has it up here, so I'll read it too. Therefore, health hath enlarged itself and opened her mouth without measure. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoices shall descend into it. You get this? All the people who are not right with God on the earth. See, Isaiah prophesied a lot about the last days, didn't he? Yes, he did. And this is what Isaiah said. Hell enlarged herself. I believe that's when Jesus came up out of there. And he took the ones that were righteous with him. He may have took them all. I don't know. I don't know that. He may have took just the righteous ones. He may have took the ones out of paradise. But I believe now, hell is one, one compartment. Hell is one place. Amen. And you're going there. It's kind of like the county jail. You go there and wait for your trial at the end. The great white throne judgment. Yes. You get that? And you're tossed to the lake of fire there. If you're already in hell, you're going to the lake of fire. You're, you're, you're headed there. If you're not right with God. If we could, babe, go to Matthew 28, 2 and 4. A lot of scriptures there, right? But this is some good stuff. Right. And it proves it. And it shows it's biblical. And a lot of people need to know this that don't know, don't know what they really own. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Now we're back on earth again. There was a great earthquake for the Lord, for the angel of the Lord descended from the heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and set upon it. Think about how big that angel was. How big a stone was we talking about? And he rolled it away and then set up on top of it. How big do you think his feet were? <laughs> he was a big old boy. Came out here and sat on a stone like this. And he sat on, I imagine, like me sitting in this chair. This angel of the Lord. Think about this. That's why the guards didn't say nothing. <laughs> it says, his countenance was like lightning. And his raiment was as white as snow. It's his raiment's clothing. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. They were had fear and trembling. And they just fell over. <laughs> you know, do what you will. <laughs> do what you will. I imagine this was an overwhelming, an overwhelming presence. They didn't even want to. They didn't even want to confront him. <clears throat> and you think about this back in the scripture where Pilate told them to seal this tomb the best way they could seal it. Do you think they put the rookies out there? They put the baddest men they had out there. They didn't put someone who just got the military out there. They put the biggest, baddest men out there they had. They put the green braids out there. The Navy SEALs were out there at this tomb. And this angel, all he did was came over and flipped this stone over and sat down there. Mm -hmm. Said, what next, boys? <laughs> and, they, and they fell out. You get this? I'm putting this in today's terms a little bit. But they didn't want no part of it. You follow this? This is my God I'm talking about here. This is my God I'm talking about here. This angel came there and moved this stone away. Ephesians 19, or Ephesians 1, 19 through 23, I'm sorry. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe? Who's he talking about here? All of us. Do you believe? Yes. Do you believe in this book right here? Yes. He's talking about you. To us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought, or used, wrought means used, 
in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So where's Christ at? Where's Christ at? He's at God's right hand side, right? Doing what? Is he working? He's not working. He's seated. He's praying. He's an intercessory prayer for us, but he's seated. His work's done. The devil is defeated. Do you get this? The devil is defeated. Christ is seated. What do you do when you're done at work all day long? You sit down. He's seated at the right hand of God. Far above. Here's the the awesome part right here. Here's what you need to realize that you own, that you possess. It's yours. Far above all principalities, power, and might, and dominion. What is that? Everything. It's everything. All evil spirits, the devil himself over everything. Jesus is far above. It doesn't say he's a little bit above. It doesn't say he went ten rounds. Far above. It says far above. Far above. And every name that is named. Think about that one. Cancer, poverty, addiction, abuse, anything with a name, right? Anything with a name. Jesus is how far? He's far above all those things. And it goes on to say, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. You might say, that's great, good. That's great, preacher. That's great. Jesus has all that. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. church. If he's the head, what's that make mean? The body. Which is his body? The fullness of him that fulfilleth all in all. What do you get out of that right there? If Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, it says I'm with him. Now I can't put my head in this chair. I put my rear end in that chair. It won't work like that. We're seated with Christ at the right hand of God. Far above everything with a name. All powers, might, dominion, principalities, didn't it say? Yes. Didn't it say? You might say, preacher, that's not happening in my life. Yeah. I don't see that happening in my life. Yeah, take the initiative. It's because you don't know that you own that. Yeah. It's because you're not doing the things you have to do to possess it. You need to be possessing these things. We have to be possessing these things. You see what Jesus went and he died for? It's not only for our salvation. It's also for us to have our authority back. Luke 10, 19 tells us we have our authority back. Yeah. If we're seated, it doesn't say we're seated to the right. You know, Jesus is to the right of God. It doesn't say we're seated to the right of God. We're seated with him. There might be 500 million people or whatever around the right side. We might be far away, but it says we're seated with Jesus at the right hand of God. Spiritually, we're talking about here, right? Spiritually today. So we possess all those things he was talking about. Do you believe in the Bible? The Bible is telling us this here. It's not me. I need you to get this down into you. This is from the word of God, not me. We're seated together with Jesus at the right hand of God. Hebrews 9, 12 through 15. And here's the best part. Neither by the blood of the goats or calves. Talking about the Old Testament, you're right. They had to, they had to slay animals. And the priests had to slay the animals. And, and so they could come to God to not totally be forgiven of their sins, but to put it under the blood for a while. But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place. What are they talking about there? Jesus, by his own blood, went unto God in the holy place. <laughs> And made a covenant with God. A covenant with God. And we're seated with Jesus, right? Under that same covenant. You have a covenant with God today. I have a covenant with God today. The Almighty God. Having obtained eternal redemption. Eternal redemption belongs to you. 
Authority belongs to you. Amen. Power belongs to you. Amen. Come on. That's it, one of you? Well, Come at least belongs to a couple of us, Brother Dave. <laughs> For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a, of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who is perfect, it says, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot, to God, purging your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God. Think about that right there. All those animals had something not right about them. Nothing was perfect except for Jesus Christ. Adam, Adam once was, he fell. They called Jesus the second Adam. Jesus was perfect without spot or wrinkle, and he was the final sacrifice, the final offering. There will never be another offering. You can't make another offering better than that one. And we live in that same blood. That's why we have to come through his blood to the throne room of God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Talking about what you were talking about there a while ago, sister. He is there in intervention for us. He's praying for us to God. That by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promises of eternal inheritance. Amen. You get that? Yes. So he's seated right there at the right hand with us. That's right. Sitting there in our covenant. Come on. Sitting there in his blood with grace all over us. We've got God's grace all over us. Amen. Until God's grace all over us. And that belongs to you. That belongs to me. That belongs to this church. Amen. Now you think about how powerful and how mighty this church would be if we really believe that. If we really get that down into us, Amen. this church will be a force to be reckoned with. Not if, when we get that down into us. I may have to preach this again next Sunday. Maybe I might have to do it again next Sunday to get a little more of you to believe it. <laughs> but we, when we get this down inside of us and we start to live in that, we start to realize what's ours. And we start to, to take possession of the things that belong to us. We'll be someone to look out for. Yes. Because Amen. we're with I Jesus. We have God behind us. Amen. Yeah, all the time, everywhere, all the time. He's good to me all the time. He lives inside of me. He guides me in everything that I do. I had a different sermon for you this morning, but he changed it up about six o'clock this morning. And... <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. I feel that he was with telling about the blood and talking about the blood. What God did, you're not off the hook that easy yet, folks. Can we, can we get every head bowed? I, I think we need to do it on this altar today. Father, please touch hearts, Lord, today. Soften hearts today, Father. God, prepare them for this word that they've heard, Lord. If that's you today, if that's you, and God spoke to you through this, if you're not right by God, if you haven't been through that blood, <laughs> get up to the altar right now. Come to the altar and make it right with God. Make that decision today, not of the great white throne judgment. Well, then it's too late. Maybe if you're here and, and, and you're a little older in Christ, but you heard something that hurts your heart today. If you've had something in front of you like Lazarus did between you and God, maybe you need to come down and make things right. Not that I'm anybody. God's already checked me on this. I already had to make things right. I already had to get straight with God. I've been in here since 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock this morning anyway. If that's you today, and God's dealing with you. Please come down to the altar. There's no shame in coming down here. 
and praying to the God that shame is, if you're standing there in front of him on that day and you haven't made it right, when you've had this opportunity here today, you may think you're here by some chance. But let me tell you something. God's called you here today. God has saved us. You know, we could have lived 200 years ago, 500 years ago, but God has saved us for such a time as this. He needed you. He needed you and he needed me. He needed all of us to be here for such a time as this. We're in the, we're in the last days, people. We're in the last of the last days. And you can believe this or you can not believe this, but it's still going to happen. It's going to go down. Jesus is going to step out on that cloud and it's going to happen like that. That quick. Boom. It's over. It's over with. You're either going to heaven or hell. Are you ready for that today? Are you ready for that? Are you going to be on the right side or the left side? The Bible says it's going to be a great and terrible day. That's because it's going to be great for some and terrible for others. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Do your work. Ready? It's going to be great for some and great and terrible for others. If you don't know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're ready for heaven, if you don't know beyond the shadow of a doubt who this Jesus Christ is I'm talking about, if you don't have a personal relationship with him, you need to come make it right today. Today. Today is the day. You don't know if you have tomorrow. Today might be your last chance. Saints, pray with me. Pray with me for these people who are at the altar. People are making commitments today, life and death commitments today. You need to realize that these commitments are more real, more real than the commitments you get into on this earth. These commitments carry out throughout eternity. Throughout eternity. Pray for them, people. Thank you. God's dealing with you. Maybe you've been here for a while. Maybe you just want to get closer to it. It doesn't have to necessarily be anything wrong with it. Cry out to God today. The Bible says, His Word says, God Himself says, you draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. Now, if I can reach up for God, think about how short my arms are. How far can He reach? He says He can hold the water of the seas in His hand. He spoke and the whole universe came into existence. Think about how far this God can reach to draw an eye to you. Trust him today. Trust him today. You know, my pastor always says, my pastor always says this, you know, you don't know if you'll like being a Christian or not. Not sure about this whole thing. Give it a try. The devil will always have you back. You get there and you decide you don't like it, he'll always have you back. people up here making decisions.
spouse you have for him, man. Lord, I praise you, my 